feels like nothing matters. I start going numb. And that scares me. I don't know if it's my gut or just plain fear. Fear does not have to be your enemy, Renee. Fear can be your friend. Telling you that perhaps you are not ready. So he's talking her out of it. Why? Something's off here. I need an angle on the doctor. That's another therapist. That's Q. He's using Rene to change the future. Pride, a gay Star Trek podcast. I am Johnson, one of your hosts of this podcast, and with me is Mike Thorlow, my co-host. Mike, how are you this Monday? It's early for us, isn't it? it well, is. it's late in the day, but it's early in the week for us, but I'm doing it, good. It, uh, is, it is late in the day, but here we are. Yes. Tomorrow, I mean, technically, tomorrow is going to be our hump day, and then Wednesday is our Friday, so mm-hmm. yeah. Yes. Well, so, your day was particularly hectic, no? Yeah, meetings and yeah, rushing Hamish to the daycare, doggy daycare, and then running to work and printing a bunch of stuff. Yeah, it was just yeah, a lot. Yeah, it was a lot. Yeah, and dealing with dealing with people who are struggling with change. Mm-hmm. Very simple change, but nonetheless, change. Yes, yes. And change is hard. Change is hard. Yes, I, I will. Yes, I will give you that. Yeah, but it takes time to get used yeah. to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. How was your Monday? It was really hectic. I survived, but there were multiple threats of stabbing. It, it was okay. <laughs> it was just, uh, I think there was just a lot happening. And I also just needed to kind of get things out of the way before going on vacation. So given that Wednesday is Friday, it's just a lot. It was just a lot to do, a lot to deal with, but yeah. it's fine. We're here. We're alive. Breathing. Yeah. We are breathing. Yes. Looking forward uh, to was there a Chicago. question? Was there a question? Yes. Yes. Chicago. Yeah. I'm just looking forward to like, I'm not looking forward to packing, but I am looking forward to going to the airport and getting on a plane and going somewhere. I mean, I don't really love getting the whole process of going to the airport and getting on a plane that's such a process but well it is a process it's fun yes you know excitement builds you know i yes i am learning to be more calm and enjoy the process because before when i used to travel i would be super anxious and 
just uh yeah uh, a little not crazy but just feeling like nervous until i was seated in my seat in oh. either a train or a plane hmm. now i'm just mm -hmm. like oh we'll get there you know i mean considering that i was literally when i went to was coming back from new orleans with 15 kids i mean that's a um, little because it's not uh, we were food. late we were late and we were running to the gate yeah i'm not kidding we were running that's to different the that's not the same um but you know what i, I didn't even hats. yeah i mean i didn't even yes i was not even stressed that much about it i was more stressed getting the van there and then like the rest is like well you have to wait in this line we have to check our luggage we have to wait in security line you know there's nothing yeah. you can do about any of that but it was the whole like driving to the airport uh which was we were late for so you know but yeah and then i took the wrong exit so yeah but wow. it was all fine made made the airplane it was fine. yeah you made the plane you made your flight we made the plane and you know that was fine and we'll make this plane and it'll all be fine it was just you and me so it's supposed to rain on thursday hopefully everything's fine well, it's going to be cold in Chicago this weekend, too. I know. It's going to be cold, too. Yeah, 94% uh, chance of rain on Thursday. Ugh. So that's unfortunate. Yes. Then it's going to be gross. Yes. Ooh, Thursday night thunderstorms. Um, but we should in be Chicago or here? Here. Oh, okay. Well, we won't be here. For all of that, um, we'll be in yeah. Chicago. Right. Chicago is going to be... You're right. It's going to be cold and it's yes. going to be rainy Thursday, no Friday. No way. Oh, exciting. Yeah. Thursday, Friday. Oh, great. Well, it is what it is. Friday will be at the convention anyway. Well, we're going to be so... inside. It's going to be like Vegas. We barely left the convention center yeah. and right. the hotel. Literally, right. we just went between our room and the convention hall. True. True. We did venture out for major meals. Yes. But it was so hot. Yeah, but you know, that. yeah, oh. it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't crazy though. It wasn't like super busy. Like we were never stuck in traffic, really. Or no, no. it was never like yeah. For for it being summer in Las Vegas, uh, I didn't think it was that crazy. Never felt like we were late anywhere. So yeah, yeah. And, I, don't think we'll, I think we'll be fine at, at Chicago. I've not even looked at the schedule, but. I will tell you that I am super excited to see Will Wheaton and I am He's going to be doing his own panel. Is that right? Yes. Friday morning. So, okay. uh, and then, uh, and then, uh, probably they're going to do something. I haven't looked at the schedule, so I have no idea, but I, Sonequa is only going to be there on Friday. Right. So yeah, they'll probably that. do something with her on Friday. And then um, I think Strange New Worlds is on Saturday, mm -hmm. which is also what I'm excited about. And I'm excited about seeing the rest of the Trek Geeks Network people. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. going to be fun. Yeah. Seeing them in person. Mm -hmm. meeting, meeting our executive producers, Bill and Dan, for the first time in person. Mm -hmm. That's crazy um, that it's the first time we're going to see them in person. I know, right? But, uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Looking forward to that. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I, I think it being our second Trek convention, I'll feel a little more 
less nervous i guess i don't know less ner- i'll feel less nervous not nervous um maybe a little less shy i don't know we'll see oh being an introvert it's you know it, it is what it is but um, well you can also be me and just don't give a shit so <laughs> well i'm not like you so that's yeah, why i, I do. know <laughs> this is this is why i know um, because everyone would give a shit i mean it'd be nice to see people but at the same time i can take it or leave it and that's just I mean, who you are. And, yeah, you know. no, that's who I am. I mean, I'm perfectly yeah. fine with everyone else in the Trek Geeks network, but it's not like we're friends. So whatever. There's acquaintances, you know? Yeah. So take it or leave it. Honestly, most of it's going to be small talk. We're not going to become besties overnight or in the course of three days. And I'm totally fine with that. So <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens. Well, I'm looking forward to it and to seeing them and yeah strange new worlds i have no idea what's on sunday um i think it'd be cool to see the lower decks cast that would be cool yeah no Um, i'm looking forward to the main show panels and i'm looking forward to not working so yes that's right that's the other thing too yeah not working but it's gonna i'm looking forward to sorry go ahead No, no 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 go ahead um i said that one thing that i think both you and i felt what's lacking in Vegas that I hope we'll get at Chicago is they're more like just announcements or teases or surprise, whatever, whatever, you know, because usually at big cons is usually what happens. There'll be some sort of something, you know, but because Vegas wasn't official, they didn't really have any sort of that kind of content from Paramount slash CBS slash Viacom. But Hopefully at Chicago, because it is officially sanctioned, there will be some of that. So yes. other than the panels, I'm hoping that we get some of the surprise and delights that we should be getting as fans. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, which is why I make because, you know, I feel like we'll get something from I, I'm betting that Mike McMahon will have something for us for for Lower Decks, even if it's just, you know, mm-hmm. You know, some animatic, uh, an, what is it? Animatics? Animatronics. Animatics. Animatronics. There we go. Or something. Uh, but I also love the cast that, you know, uh, Tawny Newsom and Jack Quaid, uh, Jerry O'Connell. Uh, they're just cool people. And I think they'll be fun and entertaining. So, sure. um, you know, in season, they've already, I, I imagine they've recorded all their voices for season three by this point. Um Maybe yeah, even working I think on, so. I would think so. Maybe I even mean, working on season four, you know? So yeah. um, I don't know that we'll get anything from Prodigy, although maybe maybe we'll get something from Prodigy. Maybe. I mean, I would think that they have a bunch of content already developed because yeah. they probably have episode 11 done, like 11, 12 done yeah. at this point. So yeah. if anything, maybe we'll get a sneak peek. That'd be nice. Yeah. Yeah, that would be nice. But I'm most excited to see the Strange New Worlds cast. And um, I am really, really hopeful that we'll get at least a tease of season of season of episode one. That would be awesome. Maybe oh, you were hoping for this... what the opening credits or something like that. Yeah, well, you know, a little bit of like opening scene, you know, maybe the the pre credits roll and then the, the opening credits. Yeah, um, that would be cool to That'd see. Be cool, uh, but yeah. I was surprised that they released 
the season one trailer this past Sunday, yesterday. Yes. Yeah. Yesterday. I think we all thought that they were going to save that for to the, hold it off for the convention. Yeah. 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 I thought so too. But they're really building up anticipation for the show, and the trailer definitely does that. I loved the trailer. Okay, let's. That's just a good segue to the trailer. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about the trailer. Well, I already said it. So I loved the trailer. I thought that. I love that one shot where it's towards the beginning where he be- pipe beams down to the planet. And then you see that shot of the saucer section in the clouds above the planet. Do you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah. Oh, no. The whole ship was up there. The, the whole clouds. ship. But then they sh- they have, there's a top down shot. Of the oh, saucer. yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 Great shot. I love that. And there, there were just a lot of good ship shots, actually, and a lot of, yep. a lot of Starship action. A lot Did of you action see. Yeah, a lot of actions. Did you see how, and I don't know why I find this cool, but when the ship comes out of warp and the, the impulse engines go on, they yes, lit up. I saw, like, I saw that. Yes. I, I was, was like, oh my God. I wow. Yeah, like it, it comes out of warp and the impulse engines light up. I was like, what? Yeah, they, uh, yeah it yeah. was so cool. Oh it my was, God. I can't believe we both noticed that. That's what I was going to bring yes. it up, but I did notice it. Nope. Yes. Uh, every time I wa- I've watched that trailer three or four times now, and every time I'm like, "Look at that! That's so cool." <laughs> um, so Nerd. yeah, that uh, yeah, definitely nerding out on the Enterprise. Um, yeah, the sick the sick bay looks enormous. It's huge. It's massive. There's so much space. It's like the new engine room. It's like the, it's so big. Oh it's really yeah, wide. Like it's it's very, yeah. I, there's like a lot of walking space between the. There is, um, there is, yeah, 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 um, yeah. It, you know, I just, I really, yeah, I really hope. I, I'm, you know, I, I love. I mean, there's no reason for it to be that large, especially. Um, no, I know, I know. There's more, nothing. It yeah, should be more economical. Like, there's no reason for it to be that. Big. Yeah, there isn't. So I'm hope. I'm, but I'm hoping that this this ship design is not like Discovery, where it's just like an endless TARDIS inside. Like, I, I would, re- I would really love to see an updated like Mr. Scott's or Mr. Hammer's Guide to the Enterprise. Like, I mean, as long, uh, as long as I don't tech. see any like crazy turbo lift shafts, I can't. Yeah, no, no, no. yeah, no, no. Oh, wait. What did we see in Q and A though? What did we see? Did we see a lot of space? And I, I don't know. I have to go back and watch Q and A. Q and A when they're stuck in the turbo lift. The turbo lift. Remember, they pop out the top. You know, someone oh, eventually comes and helps remember. them. I don't remember what the interior of the turbo lift shaft looked like. Um, Oh, I'm ho- yeah, I'm hoping it's not Discovery Lake. I'm hoping that we get to like have a real like Enterprise technical manual again. I, I would love that, but um, yeah, I not mean, like big a, open... not like a city inside. You mean? Yes, yes, not a Ridiculous. city inside. I, I can't. It's so bad. Yes. Discovery. Oh gosh. Um, but what else did we see? Oh man, there's just so much in this trailer. I did love the opening shot of Pike beaming in and interrupting what what appeared to be a very wow. heated heated argument between two sides of a of a world. Um, mm-hmm. We see Uhura making some nice little quips. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see some awesome flying by Ortegas. Um, and some like snappy dialogue from her. She by far right now is my favorite um 
Well, like, like we said last week, she's very spunky. Yeah, she's very spunky. Um, like that went we see, well. We see spot you know, kissing like, someone. Yeah. So, so I mean, most likely that's to Pring, right? So, um, his betrothed from the original series. Um, oh God, I don't even know. Again, not, oh yeah, uh, not yeah. a big TOS yeah. buff. Right. No, it's uh, you know, he was he was um, he was engaged to to Pring, and uh, yeah. So you should definitely, yeah, that's definitely an episode you should put into your queue. I was forget that the what it's called. episode? The what? Amic time? I can't even say it properly. Oh, oh a mock time. A mock time. Oh, yeah. oh goodness. A, a mock time, <laughs> yes. Amic time? I, a mock time. Uh, I think it is a mock time, yeah. You should definitely watch that. Because it, at least you'll see because they're doing the same sort of thing. In, the, in yes, the, the, the thing. The battle. The, I don't know what it's called. And, uh, I don't either. It's not a bat. It's not a batleth, which is what no. I want to call it, but it's no, not. No, um, it has a half moon sickle and then. Yeah. The yeah. Like a ball or something. What's it called? Yeah. It's I have no idea. All right. Um, but it's uh, yeah. So you should definitely watch a mock time for just to see like where they're coming from, because obviously that's right. It's seven years, I think, in between each pond. Far, so. Correct. Seven years that I know. So Duh. we sort of we sort of know like the time frame now. So this is at least seven years before the I think original I heard series. That it was five, it's five years before. Okay, all right. That, that which would still line up. I don't know what when yeah. a long time happened. Like was it season two or something? Yeah, I think so. Season maybe that would line up. I'll, I'll go back and look. But um, yeah, so there's that. There's a yeah. So there's some Spock action. Pike's in bed with some hottie. I don't know who she is. Mm-hmm. I didn't slow it down enough. You know, I've been meaning to watch the trailer at like point two. This is very. This is a very fast shot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. I mean, what else did we see? Well, we see we and see a we lot see of aliens. Battle. Yeah, it's a lot of aliens. Yeah, these battles. Well, that space out. battle is with the alien that Pike is talking to on the bridge and says, let's let, let's talk about this. Let's get to know each other or whatever. Let's find right. common ground. And then they start shooting at him. And that's that ship that's shooting and the Enterprise is mm-hmm. twirling and twisting and taking a few hits. But I mean, Ortegos is a good uh, a good pilot there avoiding most of those shots. So I'll give oh, her yeah, that. And it looks um, like there's uh, another shot where it looks like they were boarded. So there's like some yeah oh yeah the yeah there's some yeah there's something yeah someone gets yeah they get boarded um that'll be interesting so yeah I'm really psyched for this like the most psyched I've been since probably Picard was announced yeah it looks good I I'm excited for it yeah it yeah looks very, so it looks very epic in the sense of what I really like is that we get the sense that there are. The, the world building it's it it gives it more breath you know yeah as we're visiting more worlds and seeing more aliens and mm-hmm. i like that i like i like that we're it's not so so one big mystery box for the season that you have to unpack. yes yeah no it's like each week it's a new episode you can try something like, different you know each episode yeah so yeah so i am super i can't believe it's it's a month away from tomorrow it is, yeah, soon. So, um, yeah, what is that? Is that three, five weeks or four weeks? Uh, it's like four, four, and a, four weeks, four and a half weeks. 
So all right. It's very soon. Yeah. Very exciting. Cool. Yes. So hopefully we'll have a lot to share about our Chicago experience next week. Yes. Very excited. Well, yeah. I'm moderately excited. Very excited is that's strong. So <laughs> you're very excited about Strange New Worlds. You're moderately excited about Chicago. Correct. That's correct. There you go. Correct. There assessment. you go. Thank you. Thank you all for right. bringing it down. Um, all right. Yeah. All right. So anything else about Chicago or Strange New Worlds? No, we need to pack. So we need to get move on. How long does it take you to pack? It takes me like 20 minutes to pack. Oh man, I know it's not a it's not a twenty minute thing for me. I mean, we're there for like basically three days. Basically three days. Yes, basically three days. Well, four, four. I Thursday. mean, we're we're there just Friday, Saturday, full days, and then Thursday half a day and Sunday half a day. That's it. It's quick. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, I you know, yes, I need options i like options for clothes okay. um right. i also stress about packing every time even oh. um do you create like yes. a do you write down like a checklist or anything uh this came up in uh in another podcast i was talking to you about i need to i have been meaning to write eight myself a checklist because it's probably the same checklist every time yes yes oh. it is exactly yes i need to make a, myself a checklist that I like, I've got everything. I'm good to go, and just you yeah, know. it shouldn't be that hard. Yeah, it's just one of those things. All right, making well, another checklist is not uh, on my to-do list. So, um, but yes, ideally, I would like to do that. Okay, well, Godspeed. Um, all right, so <laughs> why don't we get into this week's Picard episode, episode five? Yes, episode five. Episode five, We're halfway there. Yeah. Yep, yep. Flying yeah. to the moon. Dr. Soong, I presume. Hacking into my network was a cute little trick. So was teasing me with data that was mysteriously specific to the exact problem I'm trying to solve. Oh, well, thank you. I worked hard on that. Do you have any idea how many crackpots contact me about my work? I get everything from basement-dwelling Nazis to rich heiresses who want me to clone their fucking cats. Let me be clear. That's not what I do, so don't waste my time. Oh, I wouldn't think of it. Seems that I have uh, taken time for granted of late, and now she's threatening to abandon me. See? Right there. Crackpot talk. I'll be leaving now. Uh, Dr. Soon, in 17 seconds, you're going to take a seat. How do I know? You drove an hour to meet a total stranger, not for mystery or intellectual curiosity, but because you're a father and you're desperate. There, 17 seconds, right on the tick. <laughs> if you know that much about me, you know I'll kill you if I think you're a threat. Yes. And that's what I like about you. Who the hell are you? I am the evolution of stardust. I'm the gentle flutter of a butterfly. I am death, destroyer of worlds. All right. Yes. Well, Mike, I feel I went first last time. So why don't you go first this time? 
What'd you think of it? All right. I, I actually really liked this episode from a, I think it was very well written and I'll be even more specific. I think the dialogue between characters was really well written in this episode. Cindy Appel wrote this episode and, uh, I don't know either. I just am giving her All right, you like said writing. that as if I know who Cindy is and I don't. She's a oh, oh, no, I don't. No, I, I'm telling the listeners. I'm not telling. Well, I'm informing you. Cindy Appel wrote this episode and I think she did a really great job. Has she done anything uh, else? I, you know, I haven't had, I haven't taken the time to All right, if you're going to name drop someone, then I would have expected more information. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, like, oh, by the way, Cindy wrote this episode. I'm like, who the fuck is Cindy? <laughs> all right well you know there we go well um you get put on the spot yeah you're right i am unprepared for um q a she's time, a writer apparently um she's a writer on uh all right on picard that's all i got right now okay I all figured, right i have not you... figured out i've not figured out how to make imdb break down things for me in a better format all so right. all right why don't you anyway give us more of your thoughts Sure. So I think the dialogue is really crisp in this episode, especially between the dialogue between sets of characters, like one-on-one dialogue. So I okay. really love, um, I, I love Talon and Picard's conversation. I really love Adam Sung and Q's conversation in the diner or restaurant or wherever he met him. Uh, I think that was ripe with tons of great, um, quotes which you know one i one we hear that something's up with q uh which we know because he says seems like i've taken time for granted of late and now she's threatening to abandon me right so uh so there's that comment and then he describes himself as like something of stardust but then he's he very says, dramatic yes, yes. he's very he's dramatic I, I actually he's love very it very theatrical he's, q fashion yeah, he says he's the destroyer of death, destroyer of worlds, the gentle flutter of a butterfly. So there we have the butterfly once again. So I, I, that's a theme that keeps on coming up, these butterflies. Um, and so there's that. Um, I love the dialogue between Seven and Rafi when they say, you know, I've got your back. You know, there's just some really good, there's dialogue where she said, where Rafi is still kind of hyped up um, and seven calls her on it. And it's like, I, you know, you're being, she says, you're being too cautious. And, she, and seven says, no, you're being too, too uncaught. I don't forget how she put uh, it, but. Right. Yeah. Something along those lines. Yeah. She calls her out for her lack of caution and recklessness, yes, basically. It was, it was something like it was more recklessness. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so I just really like that. And that, that whole, whole uh, conversation. And it ended after Rafi sees Elnor. So you know, Rafi's dealing with a lot, a lot of grief uh, mm-hmm. with the loss of Elnor, which it was nice to see Evan Evagora back for, you for know, a, a short cameo one second uh but uh the the way that that was you know jonathan frakes did an awesome job in directing how that like that happened like you see elnor coming off the bus so you sort of see it from uh rafi's perspective 
and then she then you jump to an outside of Rafi's perspective and he she reaches for him and calls him Elnor and mm. turns around and it's not Elnor right obviously but uh so I thought that was really um really well done uh but then after that I really like that Seven says you know I got your back you got mine uh you know I think that I'm really liking the the vibe between Rafi and Seven uh this season uh it's sort of it's almost opposite where you know, Seven's usually been the reckless and like violent one, and 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 Rafi's probably been a little more level-headed. So the fact that they've switched uh, is really cool. Uh, so I like liked that. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, we get to. Are you like perusing the- notes? Yeah, I have notes. Oh, okay, <laughs> I was like, it's really <laughs> obvious you're like looking through something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I love the, I don't, well, again, this is a TOS thing. I love the vault door in Talon's apartment. Uh, and, and, uh, was that from the original Assi- opera, uh, was it yes. Assignment Earth episode? Yes, that is from oh, okay. Assignment Earth. So it's really cool because it is actually, you know, I thought that the effect at the end of the last episode where she kind of sort of grabs him and then they disappear in the smoke. I didn't put it back together, like thinking that like every time Gary seven went somewhere, he didn't, they didn't have that kind of special effect. But when he came back and the door opened, there was all this smoke coming out of the vault. Um, So I thought that that was really, you kind of see it when they come back into Talon's apartment. Um, I, you know, I love Orla Brady. I think she does an amazing job in this, you know, um and you know what i picked up on it being q's voice right away like that oh yeah that was sigmund whatever sigmund freudish uh voice (laughs) like bad accent yeah really bad so yeah yeah um and then then the, the big thing that i think you know i love that the crew is back together side quest over right um Everyone's back together, but then they come back and Girardi's uh, killed the Borg Queen and, or, you know, supposedly killed her. And then, you know, towards the end, we see that the Borg Queen has actually infected her. Uh, So, and that creepy little scene at the end, by the way, I think they did an awesome job of, you know, Girardi in a red dress. Um which, you know, obviously stands out from what everyone else except Renee Picard is wearing. She's wearing a white dress. White dress. And then Girardi comes in with a red dress and talking to herself. And they pick up on that right away. Um, and But then she's cuffed. And I'm like, how the heck is she going to get out of being double cuffed yeah, to the I chair? I figured that she was caught on purpose. Before it was revealed, I was like, yeah, she's there because she needs to be. Yeah, yeah. So, but when I saw her cuffed before you see the Borg Queen, like with her arm around her kind of, I'm like, how, like, how is, how is she going to get out of two? They have technology. She can, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, you know, but you know what I think being infected by the Borg Queen, I'm afraid that we're going to see those tubules that, you know, that all the Borg have in their arms. Uh, I mean, she made it because she was also talking to the crew and she was like, yeah, she's she was like, she was something like I'm in place. So she was it was obvious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think she's in the right place. But I'm like, how is she going to get out of these 
cuffs. I don't think that then... we're gonna get Borgnanites get Borgnanites just yet from her. Oh well, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I think that that's uh, that's a possibility. So yeah, I thought it was a really. It was an like a fast-moving, action-packed episode. I loved seeing Leah Thompson in a in a uh, cameo as Doctor Werner on that committee that um, helped, uh, or that basically was Leah Thompson. Um, yeah, she was. Uh, she's the, the director. director. Of, yeah, right, but right, she's okay. from Back to the Future, right? You know, and I saw um, Back to the Future. All right, stop it. Stop the podcast <laughs> right now. Oh my word. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Mind blown right now. Yeah, you I need just to, never, you need yeah to... there's a lot of stuff I've never seen. I've never seen Back to the Future. I've never seen in any Indiana Jones movies. Like Oh my word. You're yeah. killing me. You're killing me. These, these are like perennial like... sci fi classics. I understand. And fi- I understand. and fantasy classics. Wow. Oh my gosh. Um, Anyway, CC Leah Thompson with a cameo slash guest star uh, as part of this committee that rejects Adam Sung. I thought Brent Spiner was fantastic in this episode. Fantastic. He was fine. Yeah. Uh, I thought he just played the desperate father. It was a different character, like a different role, like a different type of role, but you saw some of the the same um, Sung isms as it were you could see like this is the earliest song that we're seeing so you could kind of see you know the progress the i don't know if it's the degression or the regression of of song from the 24th century all the way 400 years earlier to um to the song that adam's song that he plays now so i thought his character in terms of the protective father figure kind of reminded me a little bit of eric song from Enterprise, mm-hmm. then that whole yeah. that whole arc it reminded yeah. me a little bit because he the was augments. also he was yeah. also kind of like this. I mean, first of all, they're both geneticists, and I was like, "Didn't we already do this?" And he he did remind me a little bit of that character in terms of the the questionable ethics, the questionable scientific yes. ethics, and the extent to which he would go to protect his quote unquote children. So and it's interesting. He's sort of he's sort of uh, yeah. Those are his you know his children in Enterprise, right? But um, it's interesting because what was I going to say here? Um, well, we also need yeah. to find out a little bit about. We know very little about what's name Corey. Is that her, you say her name? Corey, yeah, Corey. Corey, yeah. And you know whether or not she has a biological mother. I feel that like that's a little bit kind of up in there. Is she also yep. is, is she a test tube baby? Like Agree, why? Yeah. Why is she basically like unable to function in like the world? Yeah. So there's a little bit of unknown there, but I feel that this is very, and this is also this has nothing to do with Picard, and this is totally a tangent, but. Obviously, you know, it, theoretically in this world, maybe not the the eugenics wars were not that long ago, though not really, because when we when we go back to 1996 in future in, in what um, futures end in Voyager, obviously the obviously LA is fine, so there's no like eugenics wars, but then we're getting uh like a so like a 
a new a new Singh relative in Stranger Worlds very shortly. So I wonder how they're going to reconcile that, right? Like, mm. yeah, in terms That's of hello, eugenics wars, con, you know, ni- 1990s, hello, hello. And then you yep. have like, yeah, like, I don't know, like a new Singh, like serving on the Enterprise. So, right. Yeah. You know, I feel they kind of kind of muddied up the timeline a little bit. But theoretically, mm. you know, in terms of just eugenics, like, you know, like, and the uh, restrictions are in place around that, that would be in place because of the eugenics wars in the 90s. There isn't, you know, what, what's a tie in here, especially if Sumi is kind of playing that scientist, right? So mm. just something that I was reminded of. And I was like, yeah, I wonder how they're going to resolve that or even touch on it at all in Stranger Worlds. Yeah. No, that's a good question. Actually, that's the character I'm kind of most skeptical about in Strange New Worlds is Nan sure. or Nan yes. or whatever. I don't know how he's saying it. But yeah. So we'll that's, I mean, I've I've been talking for way too long now. What are some of your thoughts on this episode? Did you yeah, like no, it? Yeah, I, I like this episode. I Overall, I, I liked it more than the last episode because I had a lot of notes about the last episode. I felt like I wasn't being preached on this episode. So I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, I am glad that the seven Rafi Rios side quest is wrapped up, but then I'm also kind of like, to what end? And we'll see. Maybe there will be more fallout from their little, you know, mission on the side mm-hmm. to what you were hypothesizing yeah. last episode. But yeah. I'm also like, okay, like they're just back at the ship, and it's not. I kind of wish they had like um. They kind of got a clue or something from that or something or other. And by the way, the combat was never found. So maybe that will have repercussions too. Like Rios's combat, right? They never recovered. That. Oh, right. Yeah, right, right, right. So I was thinking about that. I was like, oh, yeah, that's it's just it's still the hospital. So mm-hmm. or somewhere. So I wonder if yep. that will cause any issues. But yeah, I just like I was like, yeah, I wish they I wish it amounted to something like at least right now or they contributed to the mission more immediately even cool but we really just got i think the the only takeaway i mean i'm glad we got a little bit of that seven rafi development because i thought that was good i agree with you i like their banter and their back and forth and i'm glad that we got to see a little more about our relationship but yeah i'm at the end of the day i'm also kind of like all right i feel they kind of just wander around la for for two two and a half episodes causing chaos like causing chaos and you know knocking people unconscious and to what end so i don't know i i that means i totally i, I totally ahead. forgot about the com badge so yeah that's a, a loose potential problem that, potential problem yes i feel we're gonna see teresa definitely. we might see teresa again i i wouldn't be yep. surprised if teresa came back towards the end but yeah i I'm just like, I wish they kind of ultimately contributed something to the mission, right? The the grander mm-hmm. narrative that we're talking we're, we're trying to tell in this season. Um, yeah. My my only other takeaway was that ice is bad. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's my only other takeaway. Um yeah. but yeah, so I'm glad I, I'm glad the crew's back together. I I mean, I thought that there were some funny parts to this episode, some of the I mean, the, the the thing with the Borg Queen and the French police officer, like a little dark, but then it was also kind of like very slapstick antics towards they were like, tra- they were dragging the police officer back to his car. And meanwhile, yeah. um, 
Talon is like, oh yeah, you're, you trust these people or whatever. And Picard's like, yeah, they're like the best or whatever. And you know, it's just kind of like funny and slapstick. And they're dragging a dead cop away. Well, he's alive. He's just missing a spleen apparently, which I feel is Right, right. She said, she said they're carrying, they're dragging a dead cop away. And Picard was like, well, no, he's probably not dead. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I feel that they're, you know, I'm glad that that piece is wrapped up, that the crew is back together. I, I'm always up for a good heist. You know, I, I, I love like heist movies and heist episodes mm-hmm. or whatever. So yeah. it's, a, it's like a nice diversion. And yep. we get to see, like, I'm sure we'll go see. And what you're saying about um, Gerardi, this is where I love like gadgets, you know, like I'm sure there are going to be gadgets or technology in play or something like that to kind of penetrate the network and to get them close um, to Renee and things like that. So um, I like that. I think my broader question, because we are at the halfway point, right? We're five episodes in. I'm kind of just, I, I, I wish, and this is what I'm hoping. I hope we get a clearer picture soon as to what this grand narrative is about. Because right now, you know, a lot of the focus is on Renee and, oh, Renee is, Q's giving Renee doubts about going on her Europa mission. But Q's whole shtick to Picard is basically that it's his fear that has caused all these problems. So right now it's about Renee's fear and her hesitation about going to um, Europa. But I'm I'm just, I want to, start seeing this tie into Jean-Luc and his backstory and what we're talking about, because at the end of the day, it's the seasons about kind of a redemptive story arc for Jean-Luc Picard. So I want to, I want to start seeing that connection. I just don't want, I don't want to get into a, a situation where not, everything is not revealed until the very, very, very end. And I, I, I kind of want a little bit more, now like sooner rather than later so we can kind of like explore a little bit more versus like oh what is a big mystery like and then it's revealed like at the second half of episode like the latter half of episode nine and then we don't really get much um time with it you know what i mean so mm-hmm. i hope it's i don't i'm hoping we don't wait too long to kind of reveal the the grand the grand plan and this and all the lines connecting the dots because we're getting a lot of that and then we still need to go back to the future and and see the reveal of the board queen and like all that. Right. So I, I just want, I want more now, you know, I hope they don't like wait too long. If that makes sense. And you're yawning. No, that totally, that totally makes sense. Um, thank you. It was a our, long our yawn. I was like, are you going to be able to respond to me in time? I was, I was worried. <laughs> I was, and I did. And then, yes, we got sidetracked by my yawn instead yes, of by what we were we talking about. You get you you get so distracted by the little like little things like just keep talking. Full attention. Oh my gosh, I a yawn is not being distracted. Well, last week Jan you were very a, distracted by Hamish. So just saying. Oh my gosh, you're continue so needy now. Who's now? You're being ne- who's needy now? Continue. Um, my big question is uh, about Q and what his exact motivations are. Like, what's yes, his we need mo- that too. Know? We need we need that. We need the poor queen. We need Picard's background. We need him to like let love in. It's like all these things. I'm like, oh my god. Okay, 
I hope we don't have to wait too long for some of these things to develop. And then we probably will get a cliffhanger, as you said. But I don't yeah, want a too big cliffhanger where a lot of these like character developments are left unresolved. I, I'm totally fine if these things are kind of wrapped up, like Q's story and Picard's emotional journey. But then we get some sort of cliffhanger, like new narrative thrust, right? For season three. That's fine. But I don't want like these big character mysteries to be left unresolved or untouched. Well, we still have five episodes, so let's see what happens with yes. episode six later this week, uh, which we can download and watch on the plane um, or download before or we, we can, leave or and watch on the time, plane. We can watch it there. Yes. I mean, when we were in Vegas, we watched Lord X, if you remember. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah. We'll see. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, I mean, um, no, I, I, I did like some of the setup for this episode. Talon, I, I, I read um, uh, a, um, an interview with Orla Brady, and mm-hmm. she just, there, there didn't really seem to be, and we don't get it in this episode, there didn't really seem to be an explanation as to why Talon looks, you know, looks exactly like, um Laris. Laris, thank you. I was like, oh my god, there are too many names. Like there, there really isn't an explanation. And mm-hmm. Orla Brady's explanation was like, oh, like it's supposed to just kind of remind Picard of you know Laris or whatever. But then they were like, but 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 other people notice that they look alike. And there she was like, yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, there's like, I'm not really sure there's like a rational explanation other than, but then this is the problem, you know. So, at least the Sung dynasty, we, we've gotten this kind of, you know, we, we've seen this before, right? Like every, basically every person in the Sung line looks the same. Like that's, it's almost like a running joke. But then mm-hmm. we get Ola Brady playing this other character who is completely unrelated, apparently, um, to Laris. And then we also got Issa Briones as Corey. And I was like, what? And it was like, I don't understand. I, well, you know, that that I felt like that sort of explains why uh, why Data painted Corey as his daughter. Like, it's sort of almost like genetic memory that's been passed down generation to generation. So I thought that that was kind of cool that... Is it? How uh, will that work? I mean, there. yeah, I think I think there's a lot of, a lot of history and a lot of genetic information that's just passed down and that that's how i explain it uh that that that's how he data painted Corey, who turned out to be i forget what her name was in the the dodge? original dodge yes dodge and soji so um but i don't even you know, think it was really well explained why dodge and soji and then also the other woman on the planet the gold skin one all looked like the way they look and the way that data is painted. There's just these things, these like these dots that aren't really connected. And I can't what you're saying, but I'm also kind of practically like, okay, how will that work? Like, because data doesn't, didn't share any like actual genetic information with his quote unquote father. He was just kind of made in his image. So it was just 
I don't know. I kind of get it kind of almost from a metaphysical standpoint, but I'm also kind of like, all right, hold up. Practically speaking, what the fuck are we talking about? You know, I I found it kind of distracting other than, hey, Issa Brewing has a contract and we're paying her so she can do something, though she should do something. Um, But, you know, we have these characters that look basically like the counterparts. And I'm just like, there's really no, there's no rhyme or reason for it. So I'm a little bit kind of like, What's the deal? I'm not too distracted by it, but I am, it is distracting for me. Okay. It didn't bother me at all. I, I thought it was great to see Issa back again. I I like this Corey character. Uh, you know, I, I like her relationship with her father. Uh, so I'm interested to see what we learn and what we find out uh, from all of this, whether she's a, you know, human uh robot a test baby baby, you know something so i'm i'm excited to see where that kind of comes and also what happens if she learns that information uh so you know there's that plus uh yeah i mean whatever whatever the ill is of uh that she has Q has the cure for. So what does that mean? So again, all these little things that, you know, I'm really, I'm trying to understand the motivation of Q. I'm trying to, like, it really bothered me because especially what he says to Adam Sung at the end of the episode, he talks about love and, uh, you know, he says, we're all hostages to what we love. The only Uh way to truly be free is to love nothing. How meaningly, so, and, and so, what I envisioned Q would ans- would say at the end of that is that's why I love nothing. But instead he says, how meaningless would that be? Which seems very odd for Q. Um, so I, you know, I'm thinking like, who does Q love? Like, why is he doing this? Like, and also this other idea that I've heard, you know, heard from some of the other podcasters on discovering Trek is, uh, what if we're dealing with a younger version of Q who's trying to manipulate it? So there's two Qs in this timeline right now. There's the Q from 2400, and then there's a Q who is from 2024 who's actively manipulating Rene Picard. Like, I, I feel like there's something going on here. What's the foundation for that theory? Um, that he doesn't say that he he never says that he's manipulated the timeline to Jean Luc in the bat and in fact in episode two he says uh, something to the effect of like look at me being blamed for something that you have done. Sure, so... but he always he's always very, he said the exact same stuff in all good things. Like he basically blamed Picard, but if Q didn't get involved in the first place, Picard would never have created the temporal anomaly. You know, like. He's very circular in that way. So he basically, he said the exact same thing, all good things. So, yeah. So I just wonder, but I, I just wonder if this, this Q, if this, there's this other younger Q who's manipulating Renee Picard as her, as her psychologist. And this older Q is the one that, you know, so I'm just, you know, well, it's an idea. It's an I don't interesting know if this idea. Play into it, but Q does have a son. So we obviously see like a younger version of him in Voyager, but who knows how yeah. old that version is. And maybe, hey, that version, <laughs> his cute son grew up to look like John Delancey. Who knows? Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah. You know, it's hard to, it's hard to know what's. Yeah. 
So that's, yeah, uh, you know, but this Q motivation is definitely like kind of really the out of this episode, this was what I was focusing on was why is Q doing this? Like he's playing all these different sides and I'm not sure like, and this was before I even heard of the, the potential of there being a second Q or even thought of it. And now I'm like, are there two Qs here? Are there, what's, what's going on here? Is one trying to... I'm interested to hear what the exact rationale is behind that hypothesis. Well, listen, listen to uh, Discovering Trek, and you can hear. I think Sabrina brings this up. Actually, it's Sabrina's idea uh, oh, theory. Okay. So, um, yeah, she can you know listen to that, and you can she you, she'll explain it. I think, but or she maybe she won't explain. I can't remember to be honest. But it's just okay. another idea, and the you know. So, but the whole idea of what's Q's motivation is really sticking with me right now. And out of everything, you know, I'm loving the Rafi seven and I'm, you know, I'm loving the Girardi queen dynamic. Uh, you know, I love Orla Brady. So she's playing mm -hmm. off Picard. So I'm just like, where is Q fitting into all of this? And, um, well, ultimately I like, think we get the idea that it's, th he's going through some sort of existential crisis, right? between yes. all the things that he's dropping and then what you mentioned earlier his his thing about time kind of running out of time him losing his abilities and power but maybe not completely because he can still like do shit um though i don't know if that is due to his power or he's able to just like do things in the real world and it just mm -hmm. has he can hack computers i have no idea or yeah. is it because he still has something you know he can still do shit so yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think we've gotten, I think if anything, that is, um, that's one of the big mystery boxes of the season. Like what's going on with Q, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and right now that's what I'm like, even though I'm super excited about the potential Ocean's Eleven type episode next week or this, you know, in a couple of days. Um, yeah, I'm interested to see where that kind of goes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I think that's going to, I think there's going to be some foibles and mistakes and uh, I think it's not going to turn out like they intended to. And well, I it never there's, does. There's always true too. I think, I think we're going to see more butterflies, yeah. more butterflies happening. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, what's the potential here for messing this completely up? Um, you know, but the thing is, like, it's so, so funny because we've gotten a lot of these time travel episodes where they quote unquote exercise caution, but every, you know, Voyage Home, let, let, let's name them, Voyage Home, First Contact, Future's End, and those are three that's come to mind immediately. They're like, don't mess with the timeline, don't mess with the timeline, and they like fucking mess with the timeline. They like get, you know, they start talking to people, they drop shit major pieces of information people go missing Julian Taylor goes missing from the 80s <laughs> what kind of repercussions yeah. would that have you know like four like three four centuries down the line fuck that whales apparently also go missing like they invent transparent aluminum in the 80s um let's see future futures um futures end uh yeah they like they they knock people out in LA what else do they do um, I mean, not to even mention, obviously, the guy that goes back from what the 25th century and like leaves all this technology behind that causes all these other repercussions. And then the future is fine. You know, they go back and it's fine. First contact too. like, you know, they 
they don't mess with the timeline. And then Lily gets Lily meets the board, as does um, Zephyr Cochran. I don't know. It's just like it's funny. It's like you know we they pick and choose, right? Like in terms of how they want to do these time travel stories. And I think every time it's like, you know, don't leave anything behind. Be careful. But they always mm-hmm. mess it up. Yeah. So, um, yeah. No, it's seriously, people go missing from the timeline. So that's, that's, that's an issue. Um, I do have to say, Gerardi and the Boar Queen, when Gerardi shoots the Boar Queen, and we're like, the Boar Queen said, I was like, I actually had like a stronger reaction than I expected because I thought that I thought they killed off the Borg Queen. I was like, oh my God, that was like one of my favorite things about the season. And they kill off the Borg Queen. Um, but only of course we later to learn that the Borg Queen's mind is and you know, I I'm kind of interested to explore this more. And this still remains for me one of the most interesting things about this season is that whole relationship because. Sharati, you know, at the, you know, she kind of approaches the Borg Queen and I feel that she wants what the Borg Queen's offering. You know, like there, she's obviously there's a little bit of manipulation, but there's a lot of manipulation. This is like, yeah, but this the is thing manipulation is, on... but the thing is that Sharati, it's, it's, it's like, she wants it, you know what I mean? It is it is something to have a kind of companionship and to kind of experience that kind of community in some ways mm-hmm. is something that she's really hungry for because of her loneliness. And I think that it's very similar to what we were talking about in Discovery between Book and Tarka. We, we had the same, very similar discussion, right? And I was like, yeah, but book is letting himself get manipulated because he's so angry, right? His feelings are allowing him to make these calls, but he's also, he's also operating under free will. And I think similarly, Gerardi is operating under free will, but she, but her feelings are letting her kind of get manipulated, right? But she also, I think she also knows what she's doing. So it's kind of this like very tricky kind of I think it's slightly different with Girardi though because she had had the board queen in her mind and when she kills the board queen there's pain like she's feeling pain sure, like sure. she's feeling the pain of of the death so there's that there's also the queen has been actively manipulating her with her words like saying you're alone in every timeline you're forever invisible like just these things that are like so deep cutting and of course anyone anyone would want who might be having those feelings might f- want that connection or long for that connection i actually um this episode and i didn't want to i i don't want to go down this road too far but it for me these things that she kept on saying were really dark mm-hmm. and made me feel like she was like and and to some extent the borg are a cult right uh, they do kind of indoctrinate people into their beliefs and then, you know, control them and do whatever they, you know, they want them to do. And I feel like this was like an ex- just a very disturbing example of of how, you know, a cult person gets someone else to do 
what they want them to do because they make they bring up the fact that they're alone even though they're not you know Mm -hmm. so Girardi may be may be awkward and separate but Picard has extreme faith in her she's part of the team she you know she is she's part of the team this season like she's Mm -hmm. not that you know she's on the bridge of the stargazer you know they rios asked for her help um you know so she's not alone and but the the, because because earlier in this you know in that second episode you get you know the queen is able to tell them specifically when and where the the deviation Mm -hmm. happens Mm -hmm. so and they're so accurate about she's so accurate about that that gerardi starts believing that whatever the queen says is the truth and well, so when I think the, that the when queen, the queen also... says you're alone in every timeline. Uh-huh. Well, I think that what you're saying yeah. is true. I think that's that's what oftentimes when we as humans have these ideas, right? Like they could be like insecurities or just ideas about mm-hmm. ourselves. And they're oftentimes lies that we develop in our heads. And yeah, I think for sure. Jurati, you know, like, I mean, we see this in season one when Picard first meets her at the Daytram Institute, but we get the sense that she's kind of this like lone wolf. She kind of does her, you know, she does her own thing. She's kind of wrapped in her home world. And sure, she's been part of this crew for like, at this point, I guess like two years on and off, right? But that kind of experience and the kind of world that you build for yourself sticks with you for a long time like it doesn't just because you have a group of people that you hang out with for a little while um and occasionally have camaraderie with sometimes you're still kind of stuck in your head and you have these ideas about yourself right that those don't those don't go away easily yeah but i think the queen takes it to an extreme level and really says like you're alone in every timeline you're forever invisible like those sorts of things are just really deep cutting and mm-hmm. you know the fact that Girardi is beginning to trust what she's saying is disturbing as well. So that's why I kind of get this cult vibe. Like mm-hmm. the queen knows exactly how to manipulate her and is preying on those feelings, and then really doubling down on them and saying these horrible things to her, which may or may not be true. But really, like you know, it's just, it's just for the queen's end game. It's not, it's not to, you know, she's not at the same time, you know, I think it's interesting because I think that, and this reminds me a lot of first contact, um, where we learn about, we obviously learn who the board queen is, but then we learn that the board queen wanted Locutus as an equal. Right. And then when she didn't get that, she wanted data. So I think that there's something, and I think there's some through, through line there in terms of who the Borg Queen is, where the Borg Queen has a need as well for someone to be treated as an equal, to have companionship, and the collective is not enough. And I think that this is the same thing, where because she could have assimilated the cop and like gotten free and right. you know, left, but she wanted Girardi, right? She didn't want, she didn't want just the cop. She didn't want to just get out. She wanted... Yep, Girardi to ex- like come into the fold willingly, similar to what yeah. Picard said in the first contact. It wasn't just a matter of assimilation; like the whoever becomes a companion needs to want it as well, like and needs yeah. to accept it um, through free will. 
So I think that this is mm-hmm. exactly similar. This totally reminded me of that, where she wants Jurati as a companion, as an equal, but she mm-hmm. needs Jurati to kind of buy in. Yeah. You know? And then, um, yeah. Because, yeah, like, by the I, way, I think, know, Annie- I think the War Queen also believes part of what, she, you know, she is manipulating Jurati, but she also, I think when she's saying, when she said in episode three that Jurati impressed her, I think that she wasn't lying. She, she actually does see something special in Jurati that want that yeah but also her. this is a queen who has lost her collective for a long long time like she was the last mm-hmm. of her species in that sure. timeline mm-hmm. and so you know she's desperate you know desperate she's also desperate for this connection yeah you know but for, i think for a connection she is that, something special because she really could have gone out like yeah, you know she could, yeah yeah she could have left and she could have she didn't just want draw she just didn't want draw owns yeah right. by the way like uh, i just want to say that annie Wershing is now my favorite board queen she's really good i like, mean I, she's obviously giving me more i love with but she's good right yeah i told you she's a great actress i love yeah yeah she is she really is and uh you know alice krieger will always be the like the the original board queen yes. but yes. uh but um but annie Wershing is really taking this to another level so well kudos i think to alice krieger did a really good job, and I don't think Susanna Thompson did as good a job with this, is um, she made the Borg Queen have this sense of, like, ephemeralism. Like, you know, greater than, you know, like, just a three-dimensional She's also character. very seductive. Right. Yeah, there was this, like, seductive. these qualities about her that kind of, yeah. she, she played it so well that she, like, kind of transcended the role, right? Like, you can tell this character transcends time and space. Like, you know, like, she played it really well that way. But I think here yeah. we, we do get a very temporal queen where she is kind of more human. Like there's she, there's, she has more material to work with. And mm-hmm. I think we're getting this um, insight into desire as well. Like, you know, she wants more than just, a, you know, to mm-hmm. assimilate. She wants, she wants to ride, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, so yeah. I think it's really interesting. I, I, this remains like one of my favorite pieces of the season and mm-hmm. uh you know we'll see where it goes and your coffee well, you do not need <laughs> to give a, a play-by-play for everything i'm doing on this episode oh my <laughs> god stop you're killing me here am i am i yes um cool um, well, anything uh anything else on farming to the moon I'm trying to think if there's anything. No, I think that's that's the really oh, good breakdown. Oh my god, this like really annoyed me. So, um, <laughs> where you know, sorry, my my contact just fell out. It's fine. I'm fine. Um, Again, so, further commentary that the <laughs> listeners don't need. Um, so yeah, I thought that it was, and it really actually bothered me. And I don't know if it bothers you, but. It's just like so unnecessary. Adam Soom has like force fields. Does that bother you at all? No, it was a precursor. I felt like it was a precursor to what you see in uh, the 24th century. Those force fields above the, like the Sung technology he developed there is the same that you see in protecting the earth in 2400. Oh, interesting. Interesting. So you see the the continuation of the technology that he created just on a larger scale 
in the oh, future to like so, protect from UV rays or something like that. Well, to, you know, yeah. I mean, the climate, obviously the climate disaster happens. And so this is, it's going to bother me because I was like force fields don't get invented nope. until like the 22nd century. Yep. On nope, Enterprise. I totally, no, I totally uh, see that uh, as just some technology that gets propagated through time, uh, oh. through that timeline. So yeah, nope. Didn't bother me at all. It really bothered me. Uh, Nope, did yeah, not bother yeah, me at bother all. Bother me. I I, I went okay. crazy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just just a, I mean, just a side note. So, so but I think that's anyway. a good good summary of Fly Me to the Moon. Yeah. No, I mean overall, yes, I enjoyed this episode. Lots of, lots of lot, questions. Lots of questions. Lot to sink our teeth into. Yeah, and, I think uh, you know. Hopefully, we start getting some more puzzle pieces into place. And start seeing where all this is going in the next couple of episodes so that yeah it's not all like in episode nine and ten but we'll see we'll right see yeah we'll see what happens yeah all right cool um oh by the way do you still think that gerardi is the board queen in 24 absolutely 100 percent. yep i'm um, now i'm kind of like is it too obvious is it no, like... it's not. Not at this point. I think it. I think it was speculation because in that first, when you first see her, you see look up, and it's all about you. You think that it's his mother, but which makes no sense. And I really now I think it made no. That would make any sense. No, it didn't. It didn't after. But just looking up, I mean, you immediately tie that to what his mom's mother said to him. Right. But yeah, uh, you know. But I feel that maybe, has... maybe, maybe, um, maybe. Picard tells Gerardi his childhood story. Yeah. Like he tells yeah. child, his, his childhood story and then Gerardi knows, tell Picard that in 2401 to let yep. Picard know that's her. Yeah. Yeah. That well, I think that, that but they I'm had, almost they like, is it too, is it like, is it, because no, right now I think like, it's, this is like, yes, we, we know we, by this point, it's all signs point to draw being the board. Also, yeah. Then I'm like, I don't all think, right, but are they going to throw another curveball because it's almost like too obvious? No, I think this time, I think this time we're like right on course for that being Girardi. I think that the manipulation and there's just this, this quote, quote, I don't, it's not really a love affair, but this, this, you know, affection desire that the queen has for Girardi and now that she's infected her, you know, with nanites yeah. and, and, you know, this is, this is it. So, um, yeah, I think that, yeah. And what's going to be interesting is where is this tear in time where they come through in this really strange, like spider, like Borg cube. Um, and why is she the queen there? And what does that mean for, right. you know, the butterflies and all the things that have happened like this, this other yeah so there's so much there but lot. uh yeah no i'm i'm you know i think it's a foregone conclusion now that 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 board queen is is gerardi uh and i also and i you know i i still think it's makes sense because she was the gerardi in that timeline was able to decipher the message so quickly and see that it was 15 different languages that were all like saying the uh -huh. same thing you know, she deciphered that so quickly. Um, well, she's also a scientific that, genius, so. She is, yeah. But I think that the Borg Queen being her would have sent a message that only she could have, like, knowing, like, she knows, remember, she knows 
her past mm-hmm. on the bridge of the stargazer that's part of her history so it's kind of like i'll send myself the message and you know kind of fulfill time as you know make the time circular or whatever you want like uh the red angel shit in in season yes, two exactly yes God. yes so um, let's not go back to that uh oh but God. yeah so I hated yeah, the I'm red angel double, double. okay whatever we're past that uh i um i yes we are past that uh way past that thankfully uh hashtag never yes. forget anyway all right well that does it for this episode mike do you want to give a shout out to our sponsor who is also going to be in chicago yeah absolutely if you are in chicago come and head on over to the fan sets table they're going to have three very special chicago uh mission chicago pins that you can only get at the convention and if they have any leftover after the convention then they'll be available on the website so uh you know head on over to the fan sets table you won't get the discount but if you aren't going to chicago and you want to pick up some great pins uh on you know just a few weeks ago they released three new micro crew pins loxana troy adira in her in their earth force uniform and lieutenant jg matt the beluga whale from lower decks so head on over to fansets.com check out all the pins they have they have so many different genres and you know you can get harry potter rick and morty all kinds of things mm-hmm. if you put more than 30 dollars in your cart you're gonna get free shipping in the u.s and if you use the code ds pride all one word in your cart you're gonna get 10 percent off your order and we thank fansets for being the presenting sponsor of the trek geeks podcast network and deep space pride thanks fansets so mike are you going to be getting some pins in chicago you think absolutely yes absolutely absolutely yes i'm hoping that that enterprise pin is available what are you gonna do with all these pins are you gonna start like a new pin board like what's happening i mean i'm i've not thought that far ahead yet Wow. But yes, um, yeah, yeah. Your, so your I'm excited to like, see. It looks really small, like right yes. Now. I mean, it's a very, it is a very small pin board, especially for the point. wall that's on. It's, it's yes, yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, you know, nothing, nothing in here is permanent because this is our future kids' room. So it's not mm-hmm. like it's going to stay up there forever. So, um, yeah. So yeah, it's just up there for display purposes. No. Um, for now, but uh, yeah. So, cool. Johnson, why don't you tell our listeners how they can get in touch with us? Uh, and uh, yeah, yeah, uh, Let us know if, what they th- what you th- what they think about the Borg Queen or Q or, any, or any of the theories that they may have, or what you're looking forward to in Chicago, or what you're looking forward to in Stranger Worlds, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you yeah. can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Deep Space Pride. And you can also email us at deepspacepride at gmail.com. And we'll, we'll see you online somewhere. Yeah. Cool. Come up and say, if you see us at uh, at Chicago, come say hi. Or keep your ass off. That's also okay. Just saying. <laughs> you or, can or, say, or, hi say hi to, to Mike. Say hi to Mike. Say hi to Mike. I'll, say hi to me. I'll, I'll yes. move on to do something else. Oh, sure you will. So, all right. Well, I guess we'll talk to everyone next week and we'll be reporting back from Chicago. So we'll see what kind of things we, we see and do there.
yeah excited to uh, share all that and talk about the latest episode of picard next week cool all right thanks everyone thanks see you next week bye Deep Space Pride is a production of Coconut Media Works. Executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app.